Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is up, everybody? Project Itachi here with my co-host Warners. Welcome back for another week of the GZ Chop Shop, episode ninety-nine. This is this is one step from a milestone, buddy. We are almost at a hundred episodes of this podcast, which is I gotta say, gotta take a moment and just be like, thank you guys so much for your continued support, tuning in each week listening and 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 uh pretty much giving us feedback and just helping us keep this show going we're, we're almost 100 100 episodes in uh we got something special planned for that 100 episode so look forward to that um i'm excited and it's it's been great it's been a wonderful uh couple couple years i i'm not gonna lie i wasn't sure if we were gonna hit 100 episodes but here we are and not only that, we have uh, another podcast underway, the After Dark, which is now publicly available. You guys can find that on Spotify and our website, uh, osn-media.com. So make sure to go check out that podcast as well with another podcast in the works that is uh, coming down the pipeline. So a lot of things have been happening, a lot of things in motion. So thank you guys so much. Really excited. Can't wait to do that 100 episode coming very, very soon to you guys. But as always, you know, we have an amazing episode lined up for you guys today, and it's a little bit more of a discussion piece, just talking about some things that happened over pretty much the past week, two weeks, um, because we didn't have an episode last week, but some things happened. And of course, every time we take a break, interesting things happen. And one of the things I want to kick off with before we get to a real big one is the end of nostalgia for something, something that you grew up with something I grew up with, something I'm sure most of our listeners grew up with. The iPod is officially being discontinued. It's about time. It's about time. It hurts to see it go, but it's 2022. What are, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. Just move it along already. They really dragged it out. It was like a, it was like someone in a relationship with someone they didn't like. And they just, instead of breaking up with them, they just dragged them through hell for like 10 more <laughs> years than necessary. But that's what we did to the, the iPod uh, in general. We just dragged Now, it. see, I, I feel for like the music enthusiasts because like Burn, he's a music enthusiast. So he would, uh, he had like uh, music hardware specifically for that. And I could understand the appeal of an iPod because it was for people who might not have wanted an iPhone, but they wanted the iPhone experience without having to pay a phone bill to listen to their music. 
now that option, at least with Apple, will be gone. Like you went to the store, you bought an iPod. That was it. You got your iPod. You got your music. You got all those apps. So it's the iPod touch as well, right? Yeah, all of them gone. Yeah, they're all going to be gone. It, it kind of fig- that kind of kind of figures, honestly, because I mean, even even now, uh, my my kids, right? They have they have two. They have a phone each, but it doesn't. It's my old phone. And I have my accounts on there for like things that I'm, I let them listen to and have access to, but there's no phone number attached to it. So there's no reason to go. And I, I'm sure that had a lot to do with it was this kind of uh, hand me down, passing down of our old, old phones to our children and our friends uh, in exchange of having to go out and buy one yourself. I'm sure that played you know, a huge factor there, but yeah, this was a long time coming. It sucks to see it go, but it kind of like a relic. I remember when they first came out and we thought they were the coolest thing ever. They've been going around. They've been around for 20 years that in technology, that's, that's that's, that's a lifetime. This is so wild. 20 years. The iPod has been around for 20 years. Where was I? I was about 13, 14 years old. Uh, when did the zoom come out? Was it, (laughs) Was it a couple years it was like after a couple that? Years after the iPod, like not that long after, they did not get dragged through the dirt. They they got immediately denied. Yeah. They were rejected immediately um, because well, the iPod <laughs> already had the market. I mean, they didn't innovate portable music players, but they helped from you know raise them to the level of popularity that they wound up being at. Um, so I don't know what Zune was thinking because the, when the iPod came out, especially with the iPod Touch, right. It was so slick. I, I do remember how much thicker they were, but they were slick, user friendly. Uh, they were bulkier, yeah, than what we have now. But they they still weren't too too bad. But the Zunes were bricks, bro. Like the Zune yeah. was just in no way. It was the typical Microsoft move: copy and paste what someone else did, but spend less money on design. And it failed. They went back to like what iPods first look like (laughs) and were like people because people were like they were still adjusting. Like we introduced touchscreens. So a lot of people were kind of iffy on touchscreens because it's like, no, I like buttons. So Microsoft took that literally is like, we'll give you a big button. This is what everyone wants. But they don't the Microsoft sold people short on the fact that they might not like it at first, but will adapt. Because your friends will see it and they'll use it. And then everyone's going to get curious. Oh, so-and-so's using it. So-and-so got it. Now I kind of am curious. Okay, maybe it's not that bad. And then we all adapt to the next best thing. You know what I want to see go next? This thing that I'm, I'm getting so just, I'm so angry and irritated about even seeing in public is headphones that still have wires. What are y'all doing, people? What are you doing using headphone jacks and wired headphones? Like, how are you doing that? How are you running and not remember the jerking, the, the, the jerking, jerking of the headphones? I, you know how much freedom you have using just wireless headphones. You just, you just whiplash <laughs> like whatever you want to do. You could do yoga in the middle of your run. Didn't matter what stupid thing you did. You could. Sprint full speed. You could try and wave at your homie or some random stranger and be weird. Whatever you wanted to do, you could do it with freedom. But with those damn wires, 
headphones you are too. restricted they pop off and ruin your mood like god oh, damn my groove is ruined Just plug it back in stop running for a oh, second we have to adjust it's it terrible. like an antenna because one of them is starting to die yeah like people i'll, I'll, I'll break it to you straight am i wealthy am i rich you know am i well off I, i'm doing okay uh am i broken and, and, and shit every week after week. No, but I have enough to go buy myself a 30, $40 pair of wireless headphones. Y'all can do the same. And you know how I know y'all can do the same because I grew up before wireless headphones. When people would drop the same amount of money that I would drop now on wireless headphones back then people would drop that amount of money on those giant ass fucking head, like I'm wearing now, but like for listening to your CD like, player, like, like the equivalent of both. I was going to say, you know who we know yeah. that still does that to this day. Burn. Burn is the, this motherfucker Burn will get, he is a little, big he's headphones. a little microcosm <laughs> of a Dr. Dre studio when it comes to music. He, he loves his like Bose level headphones. I never saw that man. You give him airpods or something small he's gonna look at you like you're crazy he's like no i need something like this like for me this is like when i'm in my podcast studio this is what i wear when i'm gaming this is what i wear but when i'm out there i'm like you i got my 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 airpods because it's it's that's okay so that's another thing that bothers me as a as a as a runner and as someone who who likes shit to even stay in my ear how in the hell do people use these AirPods and they stay in their ear no matter what you do? <laughs> I call bullshit. Something's wrong in this situation because I've tried AirPods out. I put them in and they like to just fucking sit there. And if I tilt my head the wrong way, they're like, fuck, they just, leave. <laughs> they just fucking leave. And I'm like, why did I spend money on this shit? So I go back to the one. I like the ones that hook around my ear. And, and they stay. Yeah. But like those little pods like i'm like it's like fuck dude how do they stay on your ear it's it's a it's a magical just i don't understand it <laughs> it, it, it does not compute in my brain this does not compute to me it's it's something in their design i'm not even going to try to break it down we need somebody from apple to come and, and give us the the breakdown and the science behind it and the laws of gravity <laughs> it's just some. I with my luck would be I'm running and I have my AirPods in and I'm running and like some wind would just like whoosh just out of nowhere and it would take my little AirPod and it would just go into the, <laughs> to the ether and I, it would be gone. Then my run would be ruined. I need the hooks, man. The hooks to keep them in place. Got to have them, man. But yeah, I would be I, I would be so paranoid if I had to if I had to run or, or, or do stuff with AirPods, I duct tape my ear like there would just be duct tape on my ear to keep them in place. <laughs> Oh god! Because I don't trust it. <laughs> it just. Oh my gosh! But yeah. Um. iPods gone. So that's gonna be great. Um. But you can still get them. They're saying they're gonna be having them until supply. Pretty much until supplies last. Go to your. Go to your nearest antique store, and you can find the iPods <laughs> next to the old lady oh lamps. Oh my gosh, bro! Just go to like your retro <laughs> gaming store in like a good year or two idea uh uh you know there's antique stores like we think of them and then there's tech antique stores are, are there, is that such a thing are, are there tech antique stores i think they're just those retro like you shops seeing, uh what, what's that movie with will smith that fucking robot i robot you know he had like a room and everything was like antique tech yeah 
Remember, like, like, but like a store, like you could go into a store and buy antique tech. That'd be kind of cool. probably like five years. There will literally be uh, tech antiques. I'm. What, I'm. What was that place that fell that name, apart outside? Antique techs. Yeah, <laughs> tech, it's ours. Tech antiques and antique techs. It. We had. We, we said it here first. That's right. Uh, not it, Best Buy survived, but what was the other? There was an. There was another. Um, tech company like them like digital audio tech company i would go there to buy race cars and shit i mean there was fries electronics there is not fries electronics there's another one that didn't that didn't really make it Uh, It was way before them radio shack that's the one man see man talk about they they really went from existence to myth i think there's like three in the country now Dude, there was one in Cali yeah, when I was it, stationed over in Cali. There was one. They could have just they, they can make a comeback right now and just call themselves like some kind of antique tech shop and just keep selling the same shit they always did. And they probably and they would, would suddenly rise to <laughs> explode. explode just based off because we we would be the generation <laughs> to go in there and everyone before us and yeah. we would keep them alive. Like, bro, I remember this. Take a moment to like try to remember what it would be like to like live an entire day like we did as kids, having to use a CD player, CD changer, uh, you know, mess with the internet and the phone router, stuff like that. And how annoyed and inconvenienced you'd feel all day. But the thing is, because <laughs> it wasn't instant. We didn't. We so we think of it as inconvenience now. Because we remember how it was. But back then, that was the pinnacle of technology. It's like, bro, yes, I got a yes. five disc changer, 12 songs on each disc, bro. I got a whole library and you were the DJ. You were set. Like everyone's like, yo, he's got a five disc changer I, with 12 songs. Per did disc. I tell you about that PS5 that you can buy on Amazon right now? That's a five disc changer. People, this is real. Go on Amazon right now and you can find a PlayStation five and it is a five disc changer. That's paying homage to us. It is wild. Who are they marketing to with us? this? <laughs> specifically. It's expensive, by the way. It's like $1,400 yeah, specifically to us just for that nostalgia. Well, and also think it, you would say like, who needs that in this day and age? But you got to think there's a lot of people who still buy mostly physical copies. Once again, our buddy bird, he mostly will buy a physical copy because he's a collector. That he's a survivor. That's what he's, he's doing. He's surviving the onslaught of tech death. Yeah. So a five dish changer as unnecessary as it seems for a lazy gaming day you put your five favorite games in there and then you're just like cycle through for them that's the equivalent of digital download with what's what's lazier having digital digital games that are already downloaded for access or using a five disc changer um, <laughs> what's lazier honestly digital 100 digital it, which one's at lazier? least you got to get up look you still have to exert more effort for your five disc changer than digital, bro. I can't imagine using that in today's age because my any games I put in that five disc changer, if I could fill all five slots up, would probably never leave. <laughs> they would because the, the, it'd probably be all my actual physical copies would be in the, in PlayStation. the PlayStation. Most physical, yeah, most physical copies of any games I have that I have stored away are for older consoles, which I have a lot of. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them are opened and used. Uh, I, I like most people's. I did not think when I was ten 
to save <laughs> buy buy an extra copy and keep it locked yeah. up the things you wish you knew then because you think that stuff is going to be around forever like i wish i'd never traded in my uh special edition black gamecube and now i'm looking back yeah, and I'm like we yeah. were we were it's that saying man we were out there playing checkers but uh some people were playing chess and they didn't even, they know, didn't even it. know it and and they won. They won long term. That's why, like now, and it sucks because the stuff I sit on now is not going to have anywhere near the value this, of the stuff I had before. Because, with the exception of like my Nintendo sixty four, which I still have, which still looks brand new and runs, that is the only time I play chess because that was a gift, and I was like, I'm never giving this up because someone gifted this to me, and I still have it to this day. But the GameCube and everything else, I was like, oh, man, this stuff will be around forever. And then it wasn't. And then one day I wake up, you know, in my 30s and I'm like, damn, I really miss my GameCube. (laughs) The graphics are probably dog shit now, but I don't care. I really miss my GameCube. That GameCube was on point. And I look at my control. I still have my OG controllers, just not the system. And I'm like, I am so backwards with this. So I held on to the Wii. I think I started learning like after the Wii came out because of how fast the Wii sold out and how eager everyone was to get it. The the Wii was so bizarre because it make the Wii makes no sense. If you if you look at the GameCube and what it and and, and how great it was, and then you look at the Nintendo Switch and how I, revolutionary it is in gaming like it it said we're gonna take everything that you know about game boys and nintendo and we're gonna make one super console yeah yeah that's wow and then you look at the wii in the middle the wii was confused as fuck man the wii was like uh, evolutions different project names it didn't know what it was doing but it was it was fun it was it was a fun console but it was like had it not been the fact that it was Nintendo and it had Nintendo games, it would not the have Wii made it. Was the, I put it this way. The Wii was the Dreamcast for Nintendo. It was ahead of its time. That is so true. That is such a great analogy. It was the Dreamcast for Nintendo. Because nobody remembers the Wii U. Nobody even wants to talk about the Wii U. They, they were like, we don't talk about that. <laughs> it never happened. The Wii. And so... The Wii was the Dreamcast for Nintendo. If they did the Wii now, it would have been better because then they could have implemented virtual reality with it and it would have made it way. Yeah, they didn't more sense. It it seems like it seems like they really uh, I I don't think they pushed a product before it was ready. It just seems like like you were saying it was ahead of its time and it was implemented before it could have been used to the full extent of, of its abilities. Cause I would love to see what it could. And, 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 and Mark, cause we don't have wands. Yeah. They, we they don't have the, wands the, the, the and Wii shit for, that everyone was making jokes with when they first came out, everybody was jerking. Right. right. C- cause people really broke their yeah. shit, but we don't have stuff like that for the switch that I'm aware of. Do, do, do I we, mean, you we just don't take have the like nunchucks wands off, and they're not super huge and you're not right. Them. Right. Right. And then you, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but Mark Zuckerberg, you have my permission to use this idea. Just credit me and pay me royalties. I would think an amazing team up would be the Meta and Nintendo have a little crossover and work together and come up with a console. The Wii was a good starting point. Like if they just backtrack, like they they take what worked for the Switch, they take what works for the Wii. They already know Meta works perfectly, and they fuse that concept together. 
that would be amazing because a lot of people go, well, you know, that's just virtual reality all over. Yes and no. Can you imagine Nintendo games in VR? Mario Kart? Smash Bros. in like a supersized screen? GoldenEye? Super Mario World games? Dude, I would pay for that. Well, and, and the Wii U was kind of doing it pretty much first with the little little characters and you could be in an online setting with your characters talking to your friends. It just wasn't something at the time that like people because we were still like really we did. were still active. It, we were still like going out, seeing our friends. Split screen was still a thing. So people just came over to your yeah. house. <laughs> yeah, like it would work now because we're less physically social than back then nintendo was just ahead of its time so but now you know that's that's come and it's gone it's run its course they're not going to look back because nintendo at least in their designs rarely looks back they're always like all right we did it now that's it yay moving on so but i think that would have been a a really cool concept because kind of like how vr is right now like we're and and the tech is really pushing vr because I think this isn't the first time VR's hit the scene. This is just the strongest VR's hit the scene. VR has been around since literally the 80s. Nintendo dabbled in VR with the Virtual Boy. A lot mm-hmm. of people forget that. Nintendo has already dabbled in VR. That's why I say they could do this if they wanted to, but because they failed back then, they were like, all right, it's it's not going to work. We're not looking back. Um, just like now, people are still slowly accepting VR. And the real push for it is just to make sure it stays alive so that we don't go like 10 years later. Like, man, we really should have stuck with VR because we're heading that direction anyway. So I think people people are scared of VR because there's a lot of there's a lot of fear with like cybersecurity, uh, uh, security in your own sense of self. Like, am I going to be harassed or bullied? Yeah. There's a lot of things that are uh, worthy of feeling a little fearful and they're not. I'm not saying they're not doing anything to make people feel more comfortable with it. Uh, they definitely have like come out a lot of statements and, and, and made some changes and, and, and attacked like cyberbullying and, and sexual harassment in the VR uh, setting. But they're definitely not doing anything like revolutionary that would really change someone's like as a, as a large group, like change our minds about it as a whole. Yeah. It's, it's a new thing. It's, it's scary for people who aren't already like gamers, like through and through or tech enthusiasts. Everyone else is going to be like, I don't know. Like that's terrifying. And the only thing I can see is like to, to, if to push it even faster is if we had another pandemic and everyone was back home again <laughs> and then like, well, I guess well, I we'll guess check I'm it out. Otherwise it's going to be a hard thing. It's going to be a slow process to push people through and get them to yeah. want to do it. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a, a conversation piece. We could probably have a whole episode on, but uh, I, I do want to, in the same vein of gaming, I do want to get your thoughts on something that we actually started talking about last week. Square Enix <sighs> selling some of their biggest IPs before anyone panics. No, we're not talking Final Fantasy, but we are talking some close ones. Tomb Raider, Legacy of Kane, Deus Ex and the studios attached to them. That means like uh, I think Square Enix Montreal, Eidos, Crystal Dynamics. These are some big names 
being sold for the funds for wait for this investment into blockchaining. You are selling your IPs so you can do blockchains. Now I get that NFTs and all that are the thing right now. And everyone is jumping on the bandwagon, but you had a tried and true tested formula known to work from sales and fan reception. Tomb Raider reboots sold. People loved it. Deus Ex reboots sold. People loved it. Legacy of Kane, even though it's not been rebooted, it's a classic. People still love it. These are titles that are powerhouses. But Square Enix swore that in their typical fashion, underperformed. What standards does Square have that every time they put something out that's not Final Fantasy, it's underperformed? I'm like, look, if you just didn't want to make another Tomb Raider, just say you didn't want to make another Tomb Raider. Maybe you guys got tired of everyone asking, when's the next Tomb Raider coming out? That's understandable. Be upfront about it. But at the same time, I don't like the what they're selling it for. It's like, it's almost like they're selling it so they can gamble. Like, like what I want to know that what their blockchain plan is and they want to do stuff with the cloud and everything. I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do with the cloud? You just sold games you could have put on the cloud and they're backlogs because all those studios their catalogs and and square unix montreal and you're going to be renaming all these studios that's all the games attached to them what are you going to put on the cloud what's strange to me and i i think it's strange to a lot of people is that it feels like something is missing from the information that has been put out because there's no real reason that Microsoft or Sony would not have bought scoop this up these. Yeah. For that cheap of a price, unless maybe there was a large amount of debt or something, uh, some un, un some loose ends that ha- would have to be tied up in addition to purchasing this out, which even then you're looking at Sony and, and Microsoft, they could probably whatever the price is. So then you have to think, okay, if that is the case and whatever it is that they could, afford to buy it out and deal with the debt or whatever the situation might be. Maybe it's because the IPs are nostalgic and they're good, but maybe they don't see them as profitable, profitable or potential uh, IPs worthy of income of revenue of a future. Now I would agree if it wasn't for the fact that it's the embracer group that bought them up. So in the same vein, uh, Sony and Microsoft might not have been given a chance to buy them because they probably never even knew they were up for sale. Like there was not even conversation. Like even for you and me, this information was just put out. The deal was done. This means it was done behind closed doors. And for anyone who doesn't know the embracer group is pretty much, uh, one of the largest companies in acquiring video game publishers because they already own Gearbox and THQ and quite a few others. They're, we're all looking at Microsoft and Sony, but honestly, the Embracer Group is what created this whole mass. Of- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Of Microsoft and Sony buying up developers because the Embracer Group's been doing this quietly apparently for years. They've got a lot of, as, as Kotaku puts it, they are a planet-swallowing mass of video game publishers that already include what I mentioned, Gearbox and THQ. So what does that tell you? These guys have been doing this for years. They had their eyes on it. Square might have been in some trouble. They, Like you said, there's probably some debts they need to pay. Embracer Group probably approached them and said, well, look, we'll take this off your hands for $300 million. Easy day. Square said, okay, we don't want to make, you know, we don't want to make games for that anyway because they said they want to focus on some other stuff and I guess Tomb Raider and Deus Ex because they did better than they thought or hoped put on extra pressure. The games, the games did go well, do well ultimately in their lifespan. And, and I, I I didn't say that to, to shit on the franchises. I love Tomb Raider. I want more Tomb Raider. It is one of my favorite game series. It's, it's the first PlayStation game I ever owned, and I fell in love with it ever since then. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like perspectives from other people. I've, I've seen people say things along the lines of, you know, why would they invest in Tomb Raider when uncharted? Why would they want a female version of uncharted is, is one of the, like I've, I've heard that said quite a bit. That's a little ridiculous though, because one, um, if I'm not mistaken, I I believe Tomb Raider was there first. They are the most iconic. Uncharted was born from Tomb Raider. Right. Um, and that's just kind of a shitty comment to make. Like, why would they want a female version? Like, okay, chill out, bro. You know, <laughs> take that shit home. Like, not necessary. But, un- like, you look at the numbers. Like, yes, Uncharted has, out of its enchi- entire franchise, not counting the movie, gaming only, has made well over uh, $300 million. Uh, Tomb Raider, out of its entire uh, uh, gaming series, not including the movies, uh, has made just a little bit less, almost 300 million. And that's kind of, that's kind of weird, right? Because Tomb Raider came out first. It, it had a little bit of a head start. I think some of that though has to do with the amount of people that game today versus the amount of people that gamed back then. And I do think Tomb Raider, I think a large portion of those people who play Tomb Raider and love it are going to be our age group. I think the uncharted age group would lean more towards somebody who might be 10 years younger than us. Uh, Cause that's about when it came out. So that's where I see the differences there. Uh, but they, despite a few million dollars, it's still close to a $300 million. Like it's still, it's still a lot of money. It's definitely not underselling. Uh, so I don't see that being a 
bad purchase altogether. Uh, no one's really said anything on either side that to me has has jumped out as like a real reason why someone wouldn't buy it. So it kind of comes down to maybe you being right. Maybe that information just wasn't out yet. So, okay, the information wasn't out yet. And uh, Sony and Microsoft missed your chance. Why only 500 million? It just, is it weird? Like, is, is that more money than I think it is for a gaming studio? I mean, if they're including the employees, I, I will say these are actually small studios because the total amount of employees that they've, I don't want to say sold like their property, but the total amount of employees that they're getting is only 1100. That's, that's, that's total, total worldwide from the worldwide. Oh, wow. So that means these are small studios. That means the games that we were getting from them were from small studios, which is why we were probably getting them slowly over the years. Um, when you were talking about Tomb Raider earlier, the reason I think Uncharted came and was able to st- steal the crown from Tomb Raider is because Tomb Raider had been poorly handled after Tomb Raider 3. A lot of people. Oh, yeah. It was that, poorly handled. Angel of Darkness was, uh, you wanted to love it, but just couldn't. Uh, Tomb Raider 4 was just terrible. The, the They tried to continue. It, it was so bad. It wasn't good until they rebooted the entire series and changed Laura Croft as a whole, and they just came out with Tomb yeah. Raider. And I think, but that at that uh, point... And that was good. Uncharted had already come out. The first Uncharted had yeah. already come out before they rebooted. So Uncharted came in, and it was that breath of fresh air. This for Because even with... Like you said, it was mostly our peers, but we were still, I know Uncharted 1 came out when I was still in high school. So I was aware of Uncharted. I was like a junior in high school, I think, uh, because it came out on the PS3. I played it and I was like, okay, this is a breath of fresh air. This is what Tomb Raider used to be. So then Uncharted came in as the new Tomb Raider. And then let's be honest, you got your, your, your leading Caucasian guy. Which, you know, automatically everyone was like, woo! And he's in the Tomb Raider theme. So then it's like double woo! And then it just goes from there. And this is no discredit to the writers. I think the story is amazing. I loved the story. I loved the adventure, the action sequences. Mm, Michael Bay would be proud. So it is a good game, but it wound up, it, it knew what to cater to. It knew what was lacking, where Tomb Raider fell off. And it picked that up and it gave the gamers of that time what they wanted and it ran through. And they were smart, too, because they knew when they ran their course. Uncharted knew, Naughty Dog knew, all right, it's time to fall back. We're hitting that part where if we do any more, it's going to suck. So when they hit Uncharted 4, they said, we're done. The story is over. This is where it ends. And they had their little game spinoffs and they knew from the feedback of that, like, yep, if we did anything else, people are going to hate it. They changed the leads. People were like, nah, bro, this ain't it. And they were like, okay, cool. Uncharted 4. That's it. It's a wrap. This is the end of the line. Tomb Raider could have kept going, but like, like we were saying, they, they came out with Angel of Darkness and 4 and, and, and they just lost their way and that hurt them. You know, Tomb Raider 1 and 2, what made them so good, in my opinion, wasn't 
wasn't that wasn't just the, the storyline, but there there was there was more than just history there. There was the unknown. There was the the puzzles. There was never knowing what was around the next corner. Like what what mystery were you about to find? And there was a little bit of a magical sense to it, a, a mythology sense to it. You would fight monsters. You would come across uh, the the ending of Tomb Raider one was the, the villain was a, a, a sort of demonic entity which was very cool. Uh, and they tied it into the next couple of Tomb Raiders. Uh, and then after that, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, they just kind of lost just, their way. I, I hope to see these, uh, the continuation of this Tomb Raider that they've g- given us now and add some of that, uh, that mystery, that, that um, mythology and, 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 and interesting stuff that they had. Uh, in their first couple of games to what's going further. Cause this was the beginning of Laura Croft's career. I, I'd be very interested to see them make these same type of games, but sort of in the world that we grew up in when she was already established. Yeah. And that's the question everyone's asking. They're saying, you know, what's going to happen to the games already in production? What's going to happen to the games that, you know, they're, they were aware of. So there's, there hasn't been a clear answer on that. Everyone's been beaten around the bush on what's going to happen to these titles. So, I would say don't get your hopes up. Don't be surprised if the Tomb Raider that was in the works gets sent back to the drawing board. Um, the The finalization isn't going to be until later this year because there's all those things of acquisitions and the paperwork and all that. But for right now, I would say don't expect anything from those studios for, for a little while. I would be very surprised if they let it just keep going through the pipeline because even you know with ownership changes and copyright changes there's probably certain things that they can't put in those games because they belong to square you know that that could send them all the way back to the drawing board so i don't know square enix might be just purely final fantasy going forward uh, who knows it's uh that's a that's a big surprise it's a really really big surprise but that's i mean that's that's all about they have that's all they have left. Yeah, they, they well, they have Guardians of the Galaxy and Man. Avengers. Which I, I, they're great games. Don't get me wrong. I won't, I won't. I won't like say that they're not great games. They're great games. I'm just. I've never been super like super into superhero games myself. That's why I say that. Uh, it, it's, it has nothing to do with with uh, the hard work or the how well done they are they're they're absolutely well done. i think for uh, outside comic books i'm just like and eh. i think probably for us because i think square i think square enix is japanese owned since they were square soft way back in the 90s originally so for the western audiences it might seem like they don't have a lot but probably for like in japan as we always know there's like a whole catalog that we never see. Mm-hmm. So Square probably has a whole crap ton of J- Japanese only IPs that are flagships for them next to Final Fantasy that we'll never see. They're over there hogging Sword on- Art Online for real. And we'll never By the know. time we've getting, got the Sword Art Online games, Japan's like, bro, you're just not getting that. We already played that. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm like, dude, when I saw like, there was like four Sword Art Online games that came out like, one each year, I was like, when did this happen? Because we got like Howled Song and then Lost Song and then Gun and then the Gun Gale. And I'm like, I, I can't even. Is, is, is a Sword Art Online game really a game? 
if you play it and you don't die in real life. Don't don't put that out there. <laughs> I'm just no, saying we don't no no yes it's a, it's a re, yes it is a sort of online game okay because the whole premise originally was not to die. <laughs> All right, that got added in unbeknownst to the players. So anyone who's working on a headset, please, we don't need a real Nerve Gear situation. We don't we don't need that. <laughs> Okay, I have the hiccups all of a sudden. What the heck happened to me? What's happening to me? All right, so we're not. It might might some some people like we're dreaming. Welcome in today's news. <laughs> as I down some tequila, I don't know where it came from. Like I started laughing. Like I had to. I have to contain my laughs because if I laugh too hard, I feel the hiccup come. It is just real on today's bad. episode. We talk gaming nostalgia reminisce and drink whiskey you know yeah guys how would that be like an awesome episode it's like gaming and whiskey whiskey gaming i don't know maybe i'll put that up to the to the listeners what do you guys think you think we could deliver great news well it would be whiskey it would be there would be a 20 minute segment in there if i'm drunk enough you know how people get drunk and talk politics and everyone's like, oh God, oh, it'd be, that'd be me. But instead of politics, he'd be like nightmare creatures was underrated and it deserves can a just, remake. Can, can you just admit <laughs> nightmare creatures is like your f- second favorite game? I love that game on the PlayStation and how it hasn't gotten an open world reboot is beyond me, but there is fucking potential in this damn game that they are sleeping Some on dude. Developer, anyone, Please, for the love of gaming, give this man his nightmare creature reboot so he can stop about the nightmare creatures. I want Elden Ring, but nightmare creatures. Oh my god, that's what I want. I want a horror game like like Elden Ring, Elden Ring, but nightmare creatures, and I want it to be horrifying. Oh my goodness, you know. But even though I would play that because something's wrong with me i would still play that knowing it is probably the most mentally unnerving experience i would ever have i would still subject myself to it because i'm a gamer and this is what gamers do now last topic for the episode and something that could start a whole rabbit hole we're gonna try not to go on a whole rabbit hole but boy oh boy nvidia and here I thought they were saints. I'm kidding. I never thought they were saints, but man, I didn't think they were sh- this shysty. So in a nutshell, <sighs> NVIDIA not only was hiding, but lying to its shareholders about where a good portion of their revenue was coming from and how many of their GPUs was going to crypto miners. And, and, and for anyone that doesn't understand why the shareholders might be upset, it's because when, a, when NVIDIA lied about the information, that means the shareholders made the risky choice of investing more into their company on the lie that that increase in revenue and that increase in investment was going to continue to rise. So that was the future projection. Yep. Over the next couple of years or however, however they looked at it. And that was a lie. Those numbers were a lie. So reading directly here from The Verge, 
Uh, NVIDIA will pay $5.5 million to settle charges that it unlawfully obscured how many of its graphics cards were sold to cryptocurrency miners. So a quick side note in there. We were in a GPU crisis, still technically are in a GPU crisis that started like I think 2020. And right now, graphics cards are like a, hard to get a hold of unless you've got you're going for top tier and have that money to get it. Graphics cards are uh, you're, you're lucky unless it comes in a pre-built PC. So this is this is one issue right there. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission announced the charges and a settlement with the company today. Its order claims NVIDIA misled investors by reporting a huge boost in revenue related to gaming, hiding how much uh, its success relied on the far more volatile crypto market. So basically, they were letting the crypto miners suck up their GPUs. They saw money in letting crypto miners get their GPUs. They did not try to prevent it. They tried to just alleviate it with their special graphics cards. And I think the only reason they came up with that was because they didn't want people to realize they were letting crypto miners scoop up those GPUs. So they had to come up with a solution that would make everyone happy. While all the meanwhile, they really were giving them to the crypto miners. They wanted them to scoop it up because it was so much fast money. But then I think, I think this started like back way in 2018. There was a crypto crash. And that's when the shareholders were like, hmm, something's not right because the gaming market hasn't changed. So how come mm-hmm. we lost so <laughs> much money if all the yep. revenue is from gaming? And meanwhile, we gamers are still like, no, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. good. What are you talking about? Nothing's changed. Don't look at us. <laughs> and then the video is just sitting there like, um, hmm, bad weather. Like, no, no, no. Something, something's a little sus here. Got caught with their pants yep. down. Look at that. And here's the kicker. Rascallions. They you. refuse to admit any wrongdoing. They're just paying the money. Yo, it's, it says it. It says it. NVIDIA isn't admitting to any wrongdoing as part of the settlement, but it agrees to stop any unlawful failures to disclose information, yeah. a.k.a. we did nothing wrong and we'll continue yeah. to do nothing it's like, wrong. It's basically the situation where it's like you'll commit a crime. What the fuck? You're, you're a kid, right? And you're doing this thing repeatedly because you never get caught. Like you go to the corner store, you steal candy over and over. You never get caught. But the one time you finally get caught, you're all of a sudden pouty, but you don't like see what you did wrong. And you were just like, I really wanted that candy. I didn't have any money. And the shopkeeper's like, don't let me catch you doing that again. And you're like, okay. And you give the candy bar back and then you're like, all right, whatever. But you never really admitted to your wrongdoing. (laughs) That's the video. They're just like, here, here's $5.5 million. My bad. Anyway. Back to business. And here's the thing. This kind of ties into something we were talking about, how the gaming market gets used. They were using <laughs> the gaming <laughs> as a cover <laughs> for their shysty cryptocurrency gamble. Uh, everyone's just like, it's the gamers. It's the gamers. They're like, yeah, we're, we're just over money. here like, I, I'm just playing those... Uh, you know, illegally downloaded Sony games that you guys stopped uh, letting me have. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm over here just playing my leave me my alone. World 13, bro. Like, I haven't bought a new game in like three leave weeks. Leave me alone with my emulators. Oh my goodness. 
But when it was so funny because I'm like, how much I wish I could have seen, like, how much money did they make that it didn't raise a red flag sooner? Like, oh, this is all from gaming. You think the prices, the price increases of, but they did a good job. Okay. They hid. This is what NVIDIA did. They used this scenario and in, in another way to hide the fact that, oh, uh, for the gamers, this is what they showed us. Hey, gamers, since we're low on uh, GPUs right now, all we have are these really expensive ones. And what you don't know is, yeah, they're going to be a little more expensive, but we're going to hike the price up a little higher because we know that you're going to buy them anyways. So they got away with unnecessary, like, dude, it it should have been illegal how high they raised the prices on all this shit and while also hiding the fact that they were hustling, lying about hustling and lying about numbers. Like they, they, they sham the gamers. We weren't even doing anything <laughs> wrong. It's, it's like, well, I'm just here. Cause he wrote me into it. Well, he just wrote me into it. Well, don't look at me. He wrote me into it. Like, God damn it. Nvidia. We just wanted to play a game and you guys had to do this shit and you screwed everyone yeah. over. And you lost people millions of dollars. Yeah. And their only punishment is $5.5 million. Which obviously Did I, I'm, what? is nothing to them. Because if, yes. if their, their GPUs are selling every day, being sold out, they made that money back the same day they spent it. No, no doubt about it. And it, and it's funny that you mentioned like the ridiculous prices for the GPUs because that was the perfect cover because at a glance, shareholders are like, well, yeah, this graphics card is daggone nearly a thousand dollars. I guess that would make the, this, the, you know, make revenue go up because it's like, yeah, we're charging a thousand dollars per GPU. That's where all the money's coming from. And you just look at it at a glance, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that looks, uh, that looks like that checks they, out. They, they paid only 5.5 million and they still didn't have to disclose how, how much of that money was from crypto mining. Like, dude, they got a deal. Oh, absolutely. For no reason. They like, what the hell? They, they just, they literally just got a deal. They got caught and they're like, stop. I think it's also because there's probably some legal jargon that they can't go back too far when it comes to investments because how the stock market works and constant price changes and shifts and stuff. There's probably something like they can't be held accountable for, a certain amount of years back or whatever for however long you know this was was running and since they are a lead in gpus they're like paper launch we'll show we'll we'll redefine paper launch we'll lie about numbers too lie about about everything so and (laughs) the ultimate paper they, they have the advantage they're they're leading with gpus right now everybody's buying them up crypto miners and 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 gamers so it's like do you what are you going to do to them? Because they're they hold all the cars. They're like, all right, you can punish us, and then no one has GPUs, and then no one has a way to play their games, and now you're ruining esports. Who's going to tell the esports people about that? And the shareholders are kind of like, yeah, because if if they're invested in Nvidia, they're more likely invested in an esports some way. They can't fuck themselves by like trying to hold NVIDIA accountable because they're looking at it. Like if I, if we screw NVIDIA over and then they can't pay the money to get GPUs, GPUs don't get to the athletes. Athletes don't have the equipment. No (laughs) esports. No, no esports. That's right. And then we crash the crypto market 
And then boom, everything falls apart because I got pissed. The, the crypto market, what's the crypto market up to these days? I haven't dabbled in, in, it in depends. the mining aspect of it in a while. It really depends. It It's certainly not where no. it was in 2000. No, it's not. It's not that high. I I I watch it and it like can start off strong and in the same day it could plummet and go. It's so unstable. I think I think Bit Bitcoin just overwhelmingly took over and just pushed that shit to the yeah, side. If you're not into Bitcoin, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna it's gonna be really rough. Like you got a better chance with like you got a better chance starting an NFT of your own and making money off of that than getting into getting your hands on a Bitcoin. So, but yeah, uh, good job, Nvidia. They to add fuel to the already burning fire. <laughs> they got caught cheating for real. For real, got caught cheating. Like, like he's just walking. and still didn't admit it. And still didn't admit it that they did Dude, anything wrong. I'm just picturing it. They are they're a fucking narcissist. The Dude. shareholder walks into the bedroom and sees oh. Nvidia in bed with a crypto miner. <laughs> I don't know how she I, got here. Get out, you fucking burglar! She tripped, fell, landed in my bed. I don't know what Gas, happened. Gaslighted the investors and then lied to our faces and made us feel like we did. Blamed it on the gamers. We weren't we even there. There, we were just like, bro, I haven't. I bought one graphics card like in the last four years. What are you talking about? Yeah, we we individually buy one to two every few years at, at most. most. Like, like, like. Usually, it's like every several and you years. Can't, like, and, and here's the thing, like guys, if you're getting in, into this. Don't think, well, big streamer, they're buying, they're not buying shit. They're sponsored. They get that crap for free. <laughs> Someone else paid yeah, for they're it. Not, they're not dropping two grand on the best graphics card no. on the planet. Like that's not no. happening. Like their, their sponsors are making that sponsors happen. paid for it and they got it for free and they just tell you what it is because then they get you to buy it and they get a cut of what you spent on it from them promoting their free product. Man, our system is so fucked up. <laughs> we break it down. Our system is so we, messed up. We really just explained to you the the, the kind of the, the fucked up side of capitalism. Yeah, yep. that's how it works. That's exactly how it works. But anyway, that is going to be our- now. If you want to see the fucked up side of capitalism, I could just go down the street. <laughs> well, you do live in Texas. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but that is going to be our episode for the week let us know your thoughts guys what do you think did nvidia do anything wrong are you on nvidia's side what are your thoughts on this how do you guys feel about the ipod going away after 20 years and what do you think the future of the formerly owned by square enix studios is going to be are you hoping that the games continue or do you think they've run their course and we are just going to wind up burying some iconic ips let us know your thoughts. You uh, Hit us up on our website, osn-media.com. You can also catch this podcast there and on all of your favorite listening platforms. Make sure you share this with your friends. Let everybody know. Once again, thank you guys so much for all your continued support. We really appreciate it. You guys have been awesome. Stay safe out there. We will catch all of you wonderful people on the next episode. Later, everybody.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.